Colorado and Colorado State was must-see TV, and we're going to talk about everything that went down on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Bohr, and today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Joining me today is the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Mark, thank you for joining. You're very welcome. I hope you don't mind. I'm driving a Boulder right now, in fact, so I hope you don't mind if I'm uh, driving and talking at the same time. No worries. Someone's got to talk to Coach Prime and interview all the players, and that someone is you. So we appreciate your efforts and your your time that you're taking out. Um, let's dive right into the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh, it was a game where they haven't played it in a while. Um, Colorado was projected to win by, I want to say it was like 23-ish, 24 points, wherever you get your spreads. And then things got a little intense before a couple days before Jay Norvell made the comments about the sunglasses and the hat. Um, and then, of course, all of the famous people that have ever been famous were at the game. Talk to me about what went down at the Colorado State game. <laughs> well, it's, you know, what we're learning about Coach Prime and, and the bus program since Prime took over is everything's a big deal, right? I like to joke all the time that when Prime gets up in the morning and makes his eggs, it's front page story. Uh, you know, the Jay Norvell comment, if you just objectively step back and look at it, in a vacuum in and of itself, it's a relatively benign comment. But mm. there's nothing benign when it comes to Coach Prime and the Buffaloes, right? I mean, everything becomes personal, as he likes to say. Everything becomes a big deal. It's the reason why on Saturday we had, you know, Fox's big new kickoff show and game day and first take and 60 minutes and mm. The Rock and Little Wayne and, you know, on and on down the line. I mean, that's just the new reality of what Colorado football is, everything for Deion Sanders. And this goes back, Kevin, to when he was a player. I mean, when he was Neon Deion in primetime. Everything he does because of his charisma and how he draws energy and how he draws attention becomes a major, major story. I mean, look at the television numbers. We just found out this morning uh, what the uh, 9.3 million people watched that game. I mean, the Buffs have played in front of 25, 26 million people the viewership on television over these three games they have become must-see tv and it's what coach prime brings to the table that's that's why rick george wanted him as a head coach yeah home run hire by rick george amazing amazing get and honestly mark do you think they got 26 million views last year combined um through all 12 games <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might not be the case i mean yeah if you think about it kevin i've said many times at the end of the season last year, Colorado was the worst Power 5 team in America and was the most irrelevant team in America. It didn't move the needle. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many games I'd look over at Coach Barnett in the middle of the first quarter and, and say during the commercial break and say, what, what are we talking about here? Um, because this game's over. We know it's over. The listeners know it's over. And so we've got some heavy lifting to do. We've got to be entertaining. We've got to have storylines. We've got to... Make people, uh, you know, enjoy the broadcast, maybe laugh every once in a while. And and so it's stunning to think about this program being transformed like that in nine months. But that's right. what's happened. It went from being nobody was paying attention to now everybody's paying attention. 
Yeah, I think, and I always say the worst thing to be in college football is bad and irrelevant. You could be bad, yeah. but if you're if yep. you're bad, you better be entertaining or have some storylines. Colorado, um, unfortunately, yep. under both of those uh, little categories. I wanted you to talk about the rivalry itself. Obviously, it's an in-state rivalry. Um, at one point, it was almost a Pac-12 rivalry this past year when the Pac-12 was kind of exploring expansion and stuff. But there's been a lot of, I guess, pushback on the rivalry since the Travis Hunter hit and kind of the the animosity between the two teams. Is it a rivalry that you continue to see flourishing, or is this something that maybe they move away from? No, no, I, I think it's going to continue. That, that'd be my guess. I mean, I, I've talked enough with Rick George to understand it. Even we had the chancellor, uh, Phil DeStefano, on our pregame show on Saturday, and they like the partnership. There, there is a, an academic partnership between the two institutions. Uh, here we sit, what, 55 miles away or whatever it is. Um, now, th- there's reason to play this game. Now, I think we fall fully understand that there's more on the line for Colorado in this game than there is for Colorado State. If the Buffs win, you're supposed to win. If the Buffs lose, it's tragedy and, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling. And so we understand that. But I do think it's good for the state of Colorado, for for football in the state of Colorado. And uh, although there was some ugliness in that game that we don't want, a little bad blood and a little – and, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, just not liking each other. I, I think it's good for the rivalry and it's good for the buildup to it. And uh, so there were some of the things I liked about what went down on Saturday. And I, obviously, there's some things I didn't like. Right. And I think a lot of times people forget that rivalries are supposed to have that animosity. And obviously, you don't want things yep. like a hit, a late hit kind of derailing the game or whatever. But there's supposed to be animosity between the two teams. So I was just curious because I saw that was a major talking point in social media. People were like, it doesn't do anything for Colorado. It does more for Colorado State, which I guess in a sense, if you look at if they win, if they lose, it kind of it's true. But either way, um, it was a great game. Um, before we move on, I want you to talk about the last minute and a half. Um, Colorado's down by eight. Uh, they're at the two-yard line. And Shadur Sanders has to take him 98 yards. And he said he went Tom Brady mode. But as someone who's watching it and calling it, what was that experience like? Well, I'll say this, and I didn't say it on the year because I didn't want to be cliche, but uh, I wanted to, to use the old great uh, uh, Bishop line for the Broncos for the drive in Cleveland. You know, we've got them right where we want them. Right. And, and I thought about that. It went through my, you know, Keith, Keith Bishop said that to John Elway. I, I thought in my head about that, and I thought, well, I can't say that. So I quickly said again. I think we lost Mark there. Two. Let me do it. Let that truck go by. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Well, I tell you what, what that drive was, and hmm. I asked my producer to put our highlights up on, on social media along with the video that Buff Fishing gave us, and I said, put something on there like, this is how legends are made, okay? Hmm. Um, I thought about... At the time when the ball was great punt, by the way, went out of bounds at the two-yard line. And I <laughs> thought about the drive in Cleveland, right? And, and Keith Bishop's line to John Elway, we have him right where we want him. Yeah. And I thought to myself very quickly, I thought, I can't say that that'd be a little cliche. So what I said to Coach Barnett was, I said, Coach, what we have here is an opportunity, right? right. And like Gary, from a coach perspective, kind of run with that. Now, that was, I said, not a, not a run-of-the-mill drive that, that we saw there. That, that was the stuff of – greatness and great quarterbacks and something we'll be talking about for a long time. Um, Buffs fans are going to remember that one. There are certain moments, if you're a Buff fan, that you remember 
that moment and what happened and how it happened. That's what we'll be talking about because that's just not our, uh, an average drive right there. I, the one thing we knew about Shadur before he got here, okay, athletic, mm-hmm. Deion's son, we understand that. Uh, boy, you see him in practice. He's got a nice arm. He throws the ball accurate. Then you talk to him and you find out he's a high IQ guy and a very smart kid. What we didn't know about him is the way that he handles himself on the field. And, and you mentioned his comment about going into Brady mode, right? Brady, Montana, Manning, Marino, go down the list of great quarterbacks. In those circumstances, they don't get the yips. They don't get fidgety. They almost seem to calm down, and everything slows down for them in those situations. That's what we've learned about Shadour Sanders. And we saw that in moments in the first couple of ball games, first almost three. But in that last couple of minutes, two minutes and six seconds, we saw an entire drive like that. And, and I, I think that's why when you look at him, you see first-round NFL draft pick and the fact that he's going to have a long NFL career because that was a great quarterback moment by a young man. Yeah, I think the offense, the entire game kind of had moments where I was like, uh, they look like it seemed like Colorado State figured him out a little bit in the first half. But that last drive was just it honestly looked like it was a walkthrough or maybe like a practice setting for Shadur. Like he was just slicing and dicing through the defense and was making it look easy. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Travis Hunter's injury, his impact on the team and everything that he brings to the program. But first, I need you guys to know about our sponsor over at FanDuel. Um, the NFL season has arrived, and if you want to get into the gambling action, FanDuel is the place to do it. Um, the NFL season has FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's easy to, it's easy to use, and you can bet on spreads, player props, overs and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, I am joined with Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. Mark is out there for every Colorado game. He's interviewing the players, the coaches, everything in between. And one of the players that he's gotten to be quite familiar with is the former number one overall recruit, former five-star Travis Hunter, which is last time me and Mark talked, it was a while ago, uh, he was still learning who was on the team um, because it was right around the spring game. So about 60 to 70% of those guys on the spring game that we, I watched in person were no longer there. Uh, Travis Hunter was one of those guys. So you've had some time to get to learn about him. First of all, talk to me about the injury and talk about what the team is losing in him. And then we'll talk about what he brings to the table as a whole. Yeah. Well, well, first off, you know, what he brings to the team is, is one of the most unique talents I've seen in 35 years of doing this. I mean, you just don't see guys being the best player on the field on both sides of the ball. And so, you know, that, that's something very special right there. Now, in terms of the play, and, and I know all the controversy surrounding this, and, uh, you know, one thing is, as kind of an announcer and, and a journalist and member of the media, um, I, I try not to get caught up in the motion of things. So, so let's lay out the facts of this. Illegal hit, without question. Dirty right. play. You could, you could objectively say that, that that was a dirty, dirty play, okay? Um, it was not, people have asked, okay, why wasn't he ejected for targeting? Well, it, it's not by the letter of the rule not targeting. It didn't lead with the, with the crown of his helmet, okay? And so you, you can't call that, so you can't kick the guy out for that reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, under circumstances. The penalty justified, without question. Uh, awful that Travis got hurt. You hate to see that. Um, and so, you know, if there's something beyond that, that 
you know, the governing bodies want to look into and say, well, we need to do something here beyond what we've seen so far. That's up to their jurisdiction at this point in time. Now, mm. what we've seen beyond that, there is never license under these circumstances to, you know, some of the death threat stuff we're seeing and right. some of the harassment stuff we're seeing. I mean, that that to me crosses a, a grave, grave line. There was a lot in that game I didn't like, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. Uh, I thought a lot of stuff going on that does not need to be there. Uh, there was a lot of emotion that was playing off when people weren't controlling their emotions. And uh, what does Coach Prime call that? That's foolishness, he calls that. That's, that's his term he uses all the time. So there was a lot of that. But I, I think it's, it's, it's poignant to make that point that this beyond the field stuff, outside of uh, the purview of, of what's going on, and the conferences and the coaching staffs and uh, the authority that they have within those set of circumstances for fans to go out and, and do these kind of things to, to me crosses a grave grave line and, and it's very disappointing to see yeah i think the hard part and travis handled it i think perfectly on his bleacher report show or little stream he yep. does um where he talked about he said it was football um and things like this happen um and he's just trying to move on and uh, i think he said he wanted to stay humble through the situation um, loved his response there because I think he easily could have made it more of a thing. Um, you got you have guys like Micah Parsons um, from the Dallas Cowboys saying that um, the young man from Colorado State, Henry Blackburn, I believe his name, should be banned from football and like getting really extreme. And I think while the hit looked like it was intended to hit Travis, I like I don't think there's an argument where it was like, oh, he was trying to make a play on the ball. The ball, I honestly think, and I said this yesterday and people got a little confused. I said the defensive back could have intercepted it had he been playing the ball, but he wasn't playing the ball. Um, he was playing Travis. And so nope. I think it's unfortunate what happened after the fact. Um, but yeah, I like the way Travis handled it. And I think that kind of talks about who he is as a person. And so as someone who gets to see him and be around him every single day, talk to us about Travis as a person, because I think there's kind of a sort of a mystery about Travis. He's a former number one recruit, former five-star and he's followed Coach Prime to Jackson State in Colorado, which is a very unconventional route for a guy like that. So talk to me about yep. who, who he is as a person. Well, I, I can't say that I know him real well. I've talked to you know with uh, Shadur Shiloh, uh, Shiloh rather, uh, a lot more than I have with, with Travis. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I've, I've done a, a couple of uh, things with, with Travis at this point in time. But to your point, uh, I think what he did in his little video feed last night, I saw that as well and appreciated the maturity uh, and the accountability and the respect, the level of respect he handled himself with in that circumstance. And, and so I, I thought that said a lot about Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis could have got in there. He could have fanned the flames last night, and he didn't yeah. do that. And, and so I think that says a great deal about him as a young man and, uh, you know, his, his upbringing, where he came from, what Coach Prime is, has poured into his life. And, and I, I thought that that really spoke volumes about that. Listen, I'll say this. There's that aspect of Travis Hunter. Uh, the times that I've done something with him, I find him to be insightful and, and smart and, and uh, you know, personable and all the things you're looking for. The other thing I'll say is the greatest play I've seen from Travis Hunter this year is one that nobody will ever talk about. And, and go back to the TCU game. Everyone would bring up the interception, which was unbelievable, by the way. Right. Uh, great right. Play. But there was one where they handed off, and I'm losing the young man, so they, they give it to the tailback. Um and he bounces off the right side. Travis is playing the corner on the other side, playing the boundary side of the play. And it looks like it may go for a touchdown. And Travis Hunter, the best player on the team, a, a bona fide star, and a guy that's going to be a first-round NFL draft pick, from the opposite end of the field, 
runs all the way down and makes the touchdown saving tackle. So between that play and what I saw him do last night and by limited interaction at this point in time, that tells me I'm impressed with Travis Hunter, what kind of person he is, because it showed great effort. It showed selflessness, as did what he did last night on his video stream. And so, um, you know, the more I see of him, I'm more impressed on the field all the time, obviously. But the more interaction and the more I see him carry himself uh, for a guy who's under a great deal of the spotlight, I'm more and more. Yeah, I think he he's a it's rare to see someone this young so advanced in just about everything. Uh, he's advanced at football. He's advanced uh, as like a PR um, person, I guess you could say. Like he knew the exact perfect thing to say because, like you said, really could have thrown f- fuel to that fire because um, that fire was trending um, last night. I think I wrote, uh, I think I wrote about ten articles yesterday, and about six or seven of them were in relation to the hit in some in some way or another because that's just what people were talking about. There was just so many things about it. And Travis Hunter handled it perfectly. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the game that he's going to be missing um, as one of the three or four games he misses due to the injury. And we're going to be talking about the Colorado versus Oregon game. But first, um, you guys need to know about game time. Um, if you guys ever want to go to a sporting event and you're worried about getting tickets and you want to get rid of that worry, um, game time is a place to be. You should never have to worry about buying tickets to any event, even if it's a sold-out event, um, like a Colorado game or a Colorado-Oregon game. Um, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy to use. Um, it's for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Um, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has, t- has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always find the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Um, you also get to see images of where what your seat will look like before you go, so that way there's no surprises. There's no shocking, oh, I'm sitting behind a pole, but they didn't show that. Game time will not allow that to happen to you. So snag t- snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, I am joined with Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. We are talking about Colorado's matchup against Oregon. Um, we find Colorado in a similar situation to what they've been in. Um, I guess we'll go with the TCU game because things changed after there. But they are currently, um, and let me double check to make sure, because the line is always moving these days. They're currently 21-point underdogs um, against Oregon. Um, there's kind of that, um, I guess you could say, personality thing going on with Dan Lanning's comments about uh, Coach Prime and or not Coach Prime, but about the program before Coach Prime got there. Um, talk to me about this game. Um, it's a huge test for them. They're going to Eugene, taking on a top-10 team. Well, you mentioned the line right there, and what that says to me is that Vegas still isn't uh, believing, if I could borrow Coach Prime's term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not buying what Prime is selling right now. That, that's what that tells me. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like that. I think it's a great challenge. Uh, I've said through the first three games, Kevin, that uh, the Buffaloes have – elite speed on this team as we found out and I, I figured that out very quickly against TCU I knew they were fast but you know when you're watching your your, your own on your own it's always tough to tell but mm-hmm. uh, you couldn't run with Colorado Nebraska had trouble running with Colorado uh, at times uh, CSU had trouble running with Colorado and so the Buffs do have elite speed and I was saying through these first three games um, when they get to Oregon and USC 
they're not going to have a great speed advantage. And I don't know anyone's going to be faster than Colorado in those skill positions, but their team's going to be as fast. And certainly, you know, the two we're talking about coming up here, including this weekend in Eugene, they're going to have speed, as they always have. And so I'm interested in that, watching to see how that plays out in this ball game. Uh, not having Travis Hunter, the best player on both sides of the ball, is going to be an interesting uh, aspect of this ball game. Who's going to step up uh, in that uh, circumstance? And, and then I, I still think it's it's a fair question wondering about the depth and the strength of our lines, both of the offense and defense. And so how do they match up with Oregon in that regard? And so I, I think this is a fascinating game. I certainly don't uh, necessarily agree with, with what Vegas is seeing in this. I this being a lopsided affair. I see this being a competitive ball game. One that's going to more questions for us about the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, I think Vegas is still maybe a little confused. I don't think I've ever seen Vegas as all over the place as they have been. Like I feel like usually they're right on the money, um, and uh, which yep. is, is what their job is. And I think with Colorado, it's like whatever the Vegas line is, figure out a way to bet the complete opposite because it's usually it has not been uh, close by any means. Um, but here's, here's the thing about the game that I'm curious about. There's two things, the offensive line and deep, defensive line depth, like you mentioned, just because offensive line, Shadur's been sacked 15 times already. Um, he was sacked 23 times all of last year, which we're only three games in now, so that's a little concerning. And then two, who steps up as the corner that replaces Travis? Um, because I think at wide receiver, while there's no replacing a Travis Hunter, um, I think they have more proven and established guys at wide receiver yep. than they do at corner. So what do you think about the secondary um, moving forward without Travis Hunter? Well, we saw Kendrick Breedlove play pretty well the other night. And, and I know he's a young player, but uh, I, I liked what I saw in that regard. You know, Amari Cooper has played well, I think, uh, mm-hmm. this season so far. And so um, I don't I don't know that I think there's going to be a great drop. You know, for example, I'll say this. God forbid that, that you talk about those sack numbers on Shadour Sanders. God forbid he go down because there is a there's a there that that you know we're all going to be greatly concerned about. Um, yeah. There's going to be a lose a Travis Hunter without question because he is elite in that regard as a cover guy. But it's it's not it's not a, a one of those drop offs. We're like oh my goodness we got nothing behind him. I do think there's some skill behind Travis uh, in the secondary where the Buffs can play solid football back there. And, and there might we're still learning some of these guys. We haven't seen a lot of them. And so they might be high-level guys. They're probably not going to be Travis. I mean, you know, Travis, right. like I said, is, is kind of a one-one. But I, I do think we've got talent back there. And so I'm not as nearly concerned about that in a generic sense. Now, in a mm-hmm. specific sense, when you a guy like Travis Hunter, um, he's able to make – go back to that. I just mentioned that, that interception at TCU. There aren't many right. guys in America make that. Right? And so – those kind of plays you lose, but from a coverage standpoint, uh, from a tackling standpoint, uh, from the overall soundness of your secondary, I, I think you can still be pretty solid with the guys that, that Prime has brought in and uh, that are sitting behind Travis Hunter. Yeah, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. Everyone's curious about a one five-star corner, um, a youngster that hasn't seen the field yet, Cormani McLean. Is this the Cormani McLean time? Um, I know there's they're a little banged up at corner. I know Carter Stoudemire's out. Um Obviously, Travis is out, and then they're they just got a lot of guys working everywhere. So, is this Cormani McLean time? Maybe. Well, that's not the way it works. Gotcha. That, that's that's not the way it works. If uh, if a guy's sitting out there and not earning any playing time at this point in time, just because okay. somebody gets injured does not necessarily mean it's your time. Gotcha. Right? 
Um, you know, Prime has talked about that. You earn playing time. And, you know, when asked about Cormani here a while back, you know, I think the phrase, if I recall, that he used was, he's not ready yet. And uh, in coach speak, that means this, this young man has got a transition he's still working on. And so um, if that's the case in my all my years of doing this, when a coach says those kind of things, you read between the lines, you go, okay. And just now, that doesn't mean we're not going to see him. They may start to, to spoon feed him a little bit back there and, and kind of give him a little taste every once in a while. But uh, And I know the fans are really wondering about that. Here he was the number right. one right recruit, uh, corner recruit in the country, and we haven't seen him yet. Um, uh, the, the guy we've got at head coach knows a little bit about playing defensive back. <laughs> done that a little bit. And so I'm going to defer to his judgment in that regard. If yeah. Prime says he's not quite ready, I'm going to take that to the bank and, uh, and invest it, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that, that Deion Sanders guy, I think he, he played a little bit of football back in the day, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they don't, they, don't just get, they don't just give away gold jackets, man. you got to earn those things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just had to ask because I know a lot of people have been asking me, and I, I keep saying the same thing. I keep saying um, he's been we've been told he's not ready. We've been told it's kind of a um, he's got a little little ways to go, which I assume is yep. – getting used to the college speed. Um, he was a smaller guy frame wise. So I imagine he's got to get a little bit, bit bigger. And then obviously he was a later arrival um, being that he graduated and then wasn't there for spring. So he came, joined in fall camp, which you don't realize how quick fall camp goes by. It's literally like a month and a half yeah. or so. Um, so Cormani yeah. basically had 30 ish days to get ready for college football in the altitude. And it just, that that's a, t- a tall task for anyone. Um, before we conclude this episode, I want to kind of swing back to Shadur and Shiloh for that matter. Um, Coach Prime's sons, I think they're probably the stars of the campus. Um, Shiloh had his moment last week against uh, um, Colorado State where he had the pick six and the fumble recovery or the forced fumble, excuse me. Talk about the Sanders brothers, what kind of aura they have around them. Because I imagine that Colorado is like revolving around the Sanders family. And those two are probably at the forefront of it outside of their dad. <laughs> well, well, what's the old, uh, what's the old line about a chip off the old block, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parents, um, you know, it's, I, I said something about that at one point in the broadcast about that Sanders name and having a pension for making plays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what their father did for a long time. And the NFL and major league baseball, uh, we were talking about Shadur and his, Aura, if you will, his ability to play big time in big situations. And and there we go, see Shiloh do what, what he did the other night with a pick six from 80 yards out and, uh, you know, forcing the fumble. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why it's there. But that kind of stuff you don't teach. You either have it or you don't have it. Okay. Mm. Uh, guys who make plays. You can, you can teach people how to play hard. You can teach people how to play physical. You can teach people how to, uh, you know, uh, read read defenses or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But you can't teach them how to make plays in big moments. Um, my wife's a dancer, for example. Okay, I'll give you a prime example. A few years ago, I got asked to be in a Dancing to the Stars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel the music. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I got through the routine because she taught me where to put my feet, right? right? And so I did that, but I never felt it. 
And I tried to explain that to her, and she doesn't understand it because she's been a dancer <laughs> her whole life and been involved in music. And so it's the same kind of thing. You either get it or you don't. You either have it or you don't. People ask me, how do you call a game? I say, I don't know. It just seems makes sense to me. Other people get on the air. They don't, they don't understand how to do it. And so we're all gifted in different ways. That Sanders family has got the gift of making big plays in big moments. And uh, it's an awful lot of fun to watch, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's truly amazing to watch, and pretty much everyone's watching it. Colorado football is must-see TV. Um, I would say for the first time of my my 24 years of life, I don't know if Colorado's ever been more relevant. And I, know if, I don't know if college football's ever been more popular. Um, before we go, I kind of want to end on that because yeah. I have to go back all the way to USC, which was 2005-ish. So I was young. I was probably six or seven around that time. And I think that's the most popular I remember college football being. Um, Reggie Bush was there. Uh, they had – like Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. And it was just always famous people, always famous people. And it was USC, it was LA, it was cool. Yep. And now it's like, it's Boulder, Colorado. It's like, there's Offset, there's The Rock, there's uh, Master P, Lil Wayne, like you talked about earlier, like all these famous people are there. Is Colorado the hub of college football right now? <laughs> oh, well, first off, by the way, talking about uh, how young you are, thank you for making all of us my <laughs> Sorry. But, but outside of that, you know, uh, and Gary Barnett and I were talking about this because we got we got referencing the national championship period there, you know, 80, mm-hmm. 89, 90, 91 through about 94 and, and what Colorado football was. And they were they were a top five program nonstop there for a number of years, uh, putting all kinds of guys in the NFL. You know, there was uh, when they played for the national championship in the Orange Bowl, there were, you know, uh, entertainers and rappers around the program and their guys were hanging out with them. And, and so uh, that was a very relevant time. What you were talking about with USC was a relevant time. There was those early 90s teams with Miami where, where they were kind of like that, where you had kind of the. Was kind of hanging around there. The difference mm-hmm. with this is the guy leading it. It's, it's what Coach Prime is. He's a cultural icon, where before you might have had Bill McCartney, who was a charismatic guy, or Jimmy Johnson, who was a charismatic guy, or Pete Carroll, who was a charismatic guy. What Prime brings is a totally different deal from what those fellas brought. So you've got that aspect of it. And then what you've got now that you didn't have during those periods is the explosion of social media and what that means and how it magnifies everything. So right. I don't think there's any question. Right now, the college football world, the center of it, is sitting where I'm about to pull into here in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, it's it's a magnificent thing to see. And I'm not sure it's ever been created this way before. And uh, it, I'm just saying, Bub Nation, enjoy this ride, man. Just ride this wave as far as you can, and, and let's see what Coach Prime can do with it. Yeah, exactly. I think college football, like I said, has never been more popular. I have people in my family who I don't think have ever watched sports in their lives asking me about like this Deion Sanders guy. Is he, is he cool? Is he is he a good coach? And I'm like, you know who Deion Sanders is? Because like these people don't watch football at all. So college football has definitely taken a new um, form of life with Coach Prime. And I think it's good for the sport. It's obviously fantastic for the program. And I thank you, Mark, for joining us and taking this time on your daily drive. Um, tell the people where they could find you and listen to you, because obviously you're there every game calling the games. Well, you can find me on, on Twitter or X, as it's not called, at MJ Bus Voice. Go ahead and find me there. And uh, for the ball games, if you're not in the Denver area, you can listen to our flagship 850KOA. Go to the Varsity Network app. All the games and shows are there. They're live, and then they're archived, and so you can find them all of our stuff uh, right there. So that's where you can track me down, and I'm looking forward to that ball game. We go on the air at 11 o'clock, make it 1130, I beg your pardon. On uh, Saturday morning from Oregon, we'll kick it off at 1.30 between the Buffs and the Ducks, and that's going to be a big one. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us, Mark, and have a great rest of your day.
All right, thanks.